We're going to look at Acts, uh, Acts chapter 26, Acts 26 tonight. And I'm going to read uh, the 29 verses. You're welcome to stand, seat. Um, when I am reading, if you want to take a seat, please feel free to have a seat. It is a long to read, but I'm reading it because I want you guys to um, see the whole story, what's going on here. And then I just wanted to make sure that I get the point across because God can do anything. God do everything. Uh, I don't want to fail. I want to make sure that I um, get out of the way. And because his word, if his word is read, that's all we need tonight. We can read God's word and this, this service will be blessed. It's all we need, God's word. So I'm going to read the whole entire chapter basically. And um, if you'll stand for the reverence of the reading, you can also say seated if you need to stay seated. So uh, bear with me here. <laughs> I'll get through it. Hopefully as quick as possible. But also I want to make sure that I'll make sure that it's all read and it's all magnifying God. And I want to make sure that I do what I can to make sure that God is his scene during his word. So verse 1, uh, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand, the hand and answered for himself. I thank myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. So tonight, I'm like Paul here. As I'm reading, just have patience with me, and I'll get through this, I promise. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and judge for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise are twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night, hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought that thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? Verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints that I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them and I punished them often every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I, pers- I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon I, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we are, and when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in a Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Right here, Jesus could have said, God, could have said, Lord, could have said, your he said, I am Jesus, because Paul, he persecuted against Jesus of Nazareth. So he made it specific. As Paul's witnessing and testifying to this to Agrippa and to uh, Festus, he made it specific that Jesus says, I am Jesus. Not God, not Lord, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, for the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For this cause the Jews caught me in the temple, went out to about to kill me. 
Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and to great, saying none other things than those which the prophets of Moses did, did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning to make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most of Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things. Before Now king, the king, he means King Agrippa here. He's saying uh, King Agrippa. He knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was done, not in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. And Agrippa said to Paul, Almost thou persuaded me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Let's pray. Father, we love thee tonight. Lord, we give you praise and honor for your words this, this afternoon, this evening. God, what a joy it is to be in your house tonight, to just preach your word, to be with your, your people, to serve and to praise your holy name, Lord. We thank you for your love and for your mercy, and God, for your grace and for the spirit. Probably thank you for the time we have to read the word of God. There's no better place I'd rather be, Lord, than be in the house of God tonight, Lord, to preach in your word. I thank you for the chance to be here, Lord. I ask you to please bless me now. Uh, use my words to be magnifying to glory to your, your kingdom, God. May you to your word go out in all the nations and all the world to be spread and be salvation to all those that are lost and seeking, seeking, Lord, seeking hope. We are, we have that hope, Lord. Uh, be with us tonight. Help us have ears to hear, uh, hearts to hear. And Lord, help me, Lord, to uh, just hide me behind the cross tonight, Lord. May I say nothing, nothing to hinder your spirit, but everything I say to magnify and edify your name. We love you. Bless the reading of thy word and I ask you all these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for standing, for your patience. I appreciate it very much. Uh, so it was a long, a long read, but like I said, if, uh, if we just read, that's all that matters. All we had to do is read the Word of God, and it's enough to do tonight. <clears throat> but uh, before I get to the message tonight, I have my notes here. Don't worry, it won't be that long. It's just a lot of notes. I'll make sure I keep on the same part. Um, I want to tell kind of what we're, where we're at, what's going on in uh, Paul, this set the scene kind of. Uh, maybe the first part of this, this message might be a little like a Sunday school lesson. Just bear with me. I have a point and I have a message, I promise. So where we are now is Paul. He is going up to Jerusalem, and he was warned of the disciples. Say, Paul, don't go. They're going to get you. They're going to arrest you, and they're probably going to kill you. And even, uh, uh, I believe his, uh, his name was Agapus. He came down, and he warned Paul. He grabbed his girdle, and he took his girdle and bound himself in his girdle and said, Paul, or he, he says basically that he who goes up here will be arrested, will be bound, you know, so even this man warning Paul, a prophet warning Paul, don't go, you're going to get arrested. All right, it's clear as day. He says, I don't care. You know, I'm in God's will. They can bow me, put me in prison. They can kill me. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm in his will, and that's all that matters. And so in verse 15 and chapter 21, the disciples finally got in the same board that Paul was on, same boat. And he says, all right, you know what? The Lord's will be done. We, you know, do your thing. Go, go, go. So Paul went, and Paul went to Jerusalem, and he goes with the disciples, and he goes to the temple, and then the Jews see him. When they see him right away, they're, they know who he is. They've heard his teachings. They're, they're mad at him. They're upset with him, and they come at him, and they come together, a bunch of them, and they get him, and they take him outside, and they begin to beat him. You know, they start screaming things at him, like cursing him. And when we see a fight in public, most of the time it gets our attention. You know, he's like, oh, what's going on? Big commotion. Well, the guards and the chief captain saw this commotion, and they ran down there to break up what's going on. And as they're down there, they're pulled. I mean, they all get away. They start beating Paul, and they ask him, what's going on? 
And the Jews start to say, you know, he's, he's doing these things. He's preaching the wrong, wrong uh, word, the wrong truth, and he deserves to be punished. And so what happens here, the chief captain and the guards take him up, and they lead him up to the, 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 the temple or the, the castle. And he's on the steps, and Paul turns to the chief captain and says something in Hebrew. And that gets his attention. He's like, oh, you speak Hebrew. I do speak Hebrew. And so he, he gets his attention. And he asks the captain if he can witness or tell, talk to the Jews. He said, go ahead. You have permission. So he turns around on the top of the steps. And now think about this. Paul has just been beaten, and Paul is now being taken into custody. And even this situation, even this moment, Paul finds time to witness, to tell others about Christ. So he's on the steps, and he's preaching to them. He's telling his, his testimony. He's telling his, his witness to them, telling them about Christ. And I can imagine he has some blood coming from his mouth, maybe from his nose, maybe a black eye, just got beaten by these people. And he still finds time to witness. That right there spoke to me. If I, I have no reason to not witness because I am blessed beyond measure. And uh, I'm not facing persecution right now. I'm not facing kind of like, uh, as we said this morning, martyrdom. And, and basically, we're not, our lives are not really threatened yet, <laughs> but we don't know that. But right now, we have the chance, we have the time. We need to tell people as much as we can about Christ. So that's what my heart this morning as I was studying. And so Paul, he tells them about Christ, he witnesses, he testifies, and then the people got even more mad. They started shouting at him, saying, you know, get him out of here, take him away. So the soldiers take him up, and they bound him. And before they beat him, he says, is it lawful to beat a Roman? Like, oh, oh no, I can do that. And so the satyrian was fearful. He ran to the chief captain and says, this man's a Roman. He's like, oh, okay. So they took him away. They put him for safety because they didn't want to beat him, but they also didn't want the Jews to get him. So they didn't know what to do at the time. They didn't know what to do. And so now he's sitting here, he's waiting, and the Jews have this plan. They weren't going to eat, we're not going to drink until we kill Paul. But Paul's sister's son heard this. And what's he do? He runs and he tells Paul. And Paul says, all right, go tell the guard and have the guard take you up to the chief captain and tell him. And now the chief captain could have done two things. One, when this boy came up, says, I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear anything to say. Just go away. Two, do what he did. He received him. He received the word that Paul sent him, and he listened. And by doing this, he saved Paul's life. We would do pretty good for ourselves if we would take the message the preacher preaches, the Sunday school teacher teaches, uh, anything we take from the Bible to listen to it. It could save someone's life. It could save our life. Not physically, but like from hell. The word of God speaks truth. When we, when we, read, the word of, when we read the word of God, we are held accountable for what we read. We know the truth. One day we're going to stand. So this, this, this chief captain takes the truth, and he goes and applies it and he saves Paul's life. So that's the second thing here. I have many points. I'm not going to say any points I have. I have many points. So that was number two. All right. <laughs> so they, he delivers to Paul. He, uh, the chief captain writes a letter. And when he writes that letter, he sends it with the guards, a big convoy to deliver Paul up to Felix. And so he sends Felix this letter and Paul with the convoy. And when he gets there, Felix gets this letter and he receives Paul. He reads the letter and says, I will hear what you have to say, Paul, but first, I need to hear your accusers, too. There's always two. There's going to be someone who's going to say false things against us, and then we have the truth. Paul has the truth, and he has his accusers, too. So out there in the world, we know what's right, but there's going to be this false doctrine preaching false things. We have to discern what's right and what's wrong. So as Paul is now before Felix, uh, Felix is there. He's listening to the accusers. He's listening to Paul. Paul gets his testimony, gets his defense. And the beautiful thing about this is that Paul was a Roman, so he was able to defend himself. That was, that was, I'm getting, that, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Paul, he tells him uh, what, he, what was going on, 
And then Felix is not Felix is not convinced yet. So Felix says, let me hear from the chief captain. When I hear from him, then I'll make a decision. So Paul is put away. He's put in safety. And during this time, during this time, Felix and Paul have a like a relationship, like a friendship. They come together. It even says uh, that Felix came down and communed with Paul. And now think about this. Take your time. Paul is in custody. He has a chance to be depressed, to be, uh, be upset, to not speak good. But instead, he, verse 25 in chapter 24, this is uh, Paul with Felix. As he, Paul, reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. First off, Felix heard the gospel. He heard of Christ. Secondly, what did Felix do? He rejected it. He said, I'm not ready right now. The scene is not, it's not a convenient season, but when I'm ready, I'll come to you. When God calls on us, that could be the only time. Whatever, if it's salvation, it's to do His will, to do something for Him. Don't put off what God's saying to you now. Something that could be in the future. Like, I'll wait until I'm ready for this. If I'm right in the situation, when I'm right in the situation, then I'll say yes. That could be too late. God showed grace to me. God, I told this many times. God showed grace to me. When he told me that he called me to preach and I turned him away uh, two years ago, and I wasn't ready. I was in the right place. I was down in Florida. I was working a job. I was living right. I was going, you know, I was serving God, but I wasn't ready for myself to give in to doing that for God because I had a full-time job. I was like, I can't find time for this. God showed grace. Last year, he asked me, he didn't ask me. He told me again. And that time, I did, I did, I did um, commit and give God my whole life. But what I'm trying to say is, there is no convenient season. Now is the day. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day to turn hearts right with God and serve him with their hearts. So Felix says no. And all for all, no, Felix never got saved. I don't know, Felix, uh, it doesn't say here. But um, for all we know, Felix is in hell today because he turned Paul and the gospel away. And this verse right here says, it's not time for me. There is no time to turn God away. Today is the day of salvation. So we see Felix there. And now, getting close to the meshes. Hang with me. So Paul, he's now, um, <laughs> he's still unbound, but Felix is now, his, he, I guess he lost his job where he got de- uh, demoted, but Festus comes in and takes over Felix's job. And so Festus is there, and Paul's still bound, and uh, Paul he- or Festus hears of Paul, and he hears of this man who's in prison, and he said, what's this man in prison for? And the accusers come out. The accusers come back out, and they say, well, this is what he did, this is what he's done, he's this, you know, all these false things. And so he's like, okay, let me hear of, let me hear of Paul. So Paul comes out, he gives his defense, he witnesses again and tells Festus what he did and what's going on. And Paul says very clearly, I've not done anything wrong to the Jews. I've done nothing wrong to the Jews. I want to be tried by Caesar. Send me to Caesar. So Festus is like, okay, you want to go to Caesar? To Caesar you will go. No problem. But Festus wanted to have something to write to send to Caesar about Paul. All he had was in verse 19 in chapter 25, all he had was the uh, superstitions of the, uh, of the Pharisees or the, uh, the Jews. It's what it says, but had certain questions against him of their own superstition and one of the Jesus, which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. So all that uh, Festus had to put in the letter to send to Caesar was what the Jews told him of a man, sent, not a man called Jesus. To me, that's enough because Jesus is everything. But Festus wanted something that he can uh, kind of um, understand. Festus didn't understand this. So in comes King Agrippa. King Agrippa comes in to congratulate Festus on his new promotion, on his new job. 
So that's why he's there. But Festus thought that, hey, you know what? I can use him, and he can help me to understand what Paul is guilty for. I can write that to send to Caesar. So he comes in, and Festus and Agrippa go in before Paul, and they come in to hear what Paul has to say. And now this is my message. Sorry, but that might have been scattered. I hope it made sense to you guys. But basically, I want you to see that Paul has had so many people to witness to along the way of his of his trial. All his persecutions, all his beatings, Paul is now has another chance to witness someone else. And this one is a royal king, Agrippa. So don't ever don't ever question God why he put you through what you go through. He has a reason. It may not be easy. It may be hard. But there's a reason he put you somewhere. In your workforce, in your life, you have a job. It's like, well, how, how did I get here? Well, God put you there. He put you there for a reason. Your friend, your coworkers, they need to hear about Christ. And that's why you're there. So never, never, never question God. All right, so to the message now tonight. Thank you for hanging with me. Uh, so Paul is on trial. But to Paul, they are on trial. Festus and Agrippa are on trial. Because Paul has them right where he wants them. He's like, you know what? You guys are here. You can't go anywhere. I'm going to tell you about God and my testimony. So he stands there, and I ask him, and I say, uh, Paul, you have all, you have... You have rights. Go ahead and talk. Do your thing. So Paul gets up there. The first thing he says, I think myself happy. If anyone has any reason to be upset, it'd be Paul. But here he is. I think myself happy. He has many reasons to be happy. God saved him. He's doing what God called him to do. He's in God's will. That's that's the best place to be. That should make all of us happy. <laughs> But Paul held no respect of a person. If they were poor, weak, or powerful and rich, Paul was going to tell everyone he saw about Christ. We're going to come across, across a lot of people in our life, and every single person deserves to know the truth about Christ. No one should be excluded from hearing about God. I'm glad I wasn't, you know? I'm glad I wasn't. So my first, my first question for us is, are we happy to be saved? Are we happy to tell others about Christ? Sure, we say we are. Of course we are. You guys are all here. You're all happy. We're all here serving God, singing the praises of God. It's great. Are we happy to serve God? So when we're out in public and we are driving our cars or our jobs or we're uh, getting up early in the mornings. Now, no, there's an excuse for early mornings. I'm not an early morning person, so that's an excuse for that. Uh, but when we're driving our cars to work and we're, we're doing things and workforce, how's our, how's our face? How's our, how's our spirit? Are we like, oh, I don't want to be here today. Oh my goodness, why am I? Or are we, you know what? God is good. God gave me a job. God gave me my clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. There's gas in my car. There's food on my table. There's roof on my head. We have every reason to be happy tonight. And Paul knew that. I think myself happy. Are we thinking? I hope we are all, all are thinking ourselves happy tonight. Every day. So I encourage you. We have a reason to be happy. You ask him why I'm happy, I'll tell you why. My sins are gone. That's why I'm happy. Uh, verse four through six. Now Paul is telling them about why he's being judged. He's like, you know what? I'm a Pharisee. I was a strict Pharisee. I believed all the things Jews did growing up. I kept the Sabbath. I followed the law. I was a chief strict Pharisee. Or I, no, I'm sorry. I was a strict Pharisee. And he's being judged by the Pharisees for preaching the hope and the promise that he'd been taught all their life. He's like, this is kind of a little, little backwards, ain't it? Because I'm doing what they, what they said. But my, my preaching has actually happened. I'm preaching to the Messiah that actually came, who came and re- he died on the cross and rose in the grave and is there repenting for sins. He's preaching this. He saw the truth. They are still blind and they're still in darkness and they're not seeing the truth that Paul saw. So he's trying to explain to them that, hey, I used to be just like them, but God changed me. God saved me. Praise the Lord. 
Verse 7 through 12 here, it, it talks to, he tells them about how he, he persecuted the Christians. Like, uh, I think right here, Paul is really trying to lay the groundwork for the, the trial. He wants to show it. He's setting up the testimony. He's setting up his testimony. Like, listen guys, I used to be one of the worst there were. I killed Christians. I, I hurt them. I tormented them. I, I maybe blasphemed or falsely accused them. He did these things. But we, before we got saved, we were lost. We were in sin. Maybe we didn't, we, we might have not done, hopefully we did not do the thing Paul did or Saul did before we became Paul. And we still sinned. Our sin nailed Christ to the cross. That is the worst thing we could, we, yeah, that's, that's it. But, by God's grace, He saved us. He turned us from the road we were going down, which is the next point. Verse number 13. Midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journey with me. Now right here, uh, so I love it says it's midday. It's noontime. Noontime, uh, noon, noontime, the sun is high. It's bright. It's shining bright. It's very, very like you wear sunglasses. You got to cover your eyes. Paul is used to this. Paul is used to this because he's, you know, he works outside. He's been outside all the time. The sun is nothing new. The sun is, it's always been there. But this new light comes up. It's brighter than the sun. Midday, there's a sun, and there's this new light even brighter, and Paul is blinded. He's throwing the ground. When we are walking in Christ, we have a light in us. But people will see us every day, and are they noticing that light? Or is it like Paul and the sun? We're there, but we're not making the impact. How bright is our light shining? Is it getting their attention? Is it showing them that we are Christians and we are serving God and we're full of God? Or are we just there every day doing the same things over and over? Make sure our light, is our light shining bright for God? Is it making a difference? Is it making the impact? Because I hope my light is shining bright for the Lord. Because I don't want to just walking through wherever I am and people see me and says, Oh, well, he's wearing a suit and tie. Yeah, he doesn't speak, you know, bad. Maybe he's just, uh, he's just a nice guy. No. I want people to see me and see Christ in me. I want to have a light and a glow. I want to have a, a shining bright light for them so they can see me in dark time. We know it's bright. We know it's dark out there. Sin's getting worse. <laughs> the morning's coming right now. Our, our, our time to shine is now. Not just shine, brightly shine. Shine in this, like just glow, glow. Uh, verse 14 through 18. Uh, Paul's salvation. This is where, uh, we can relate. Cause Paul, he's walking down this road. He's going down to uh, to speak against the Christians and to persecute them. And then Jesus speaks to him. I'm glad Jesus spoke to me, man. I am so glad he spoke to me. Because we're like Paul. We're walking down the road here uh, before we got saved. We're on our way to hell, you know. And then Christ calls out to us and says our name. Uh, Brother Tully preached, I think, last Sunday or two Sundays ago about how he says our name, you know. He gets our attention. Here he says, Saul, Saul, twice. Saul, Saul, why persecute without me? He gets his attention. When he does this, he calls out to him and says, listen, because, <laughs> because thou persecutest me and you've done your own thing all your life, it's now time to quit what you're doing and do what I've called you to done. Verse 16, but rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. What purpose is this? To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which I have seen and of those things which I have appeared unto thee. 
He calls him to be a minister and a witness, to be a light, to preach the gospel, to tell others about Christ. When God saved us, he called us to do something for him. He called us to be a witness and to tell us about Christ. And when he says here, things you have seen and things you haven't seen, well, yes, Paul seen many things and he saw um, the disciples, he persecuted the disciples. But we see everything just like everybody else did with this right here. You know, the truth is right here. This is God's holy word. We've seen what's happened. We've seen what's, what's, what's happening, and we'll see what's going to happen. We have everything we need to see right here. So God shows us what we should tell others about. And I hope that we can all do the same thing. All we do is the purpose that God appears to do. If God appeared to us and told us what we need to do and we disobey it, we'll be held accountable for one day. I don't want to be uh, in, that, in that way to where God tells me what to do, and I don't do it because of fear of what someone might say to me or what someone might do. I want to be obedient and to listen to what he tells me to do because I'm going to be held accountable one day when I stand before him. So when he, when he, when he calls uh, Paul, when he calls Paul's up and he says, this is what you're going to do now. You're going to follow me. Verse 19, we all could do what verse 19 says. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient. Obedience, that is the thing, isn't it? We all, we all have a, I think it's fleshly. I think it's flesh. Flesh is like, I'm not going to obey today. Uh, we got to fight that flesh off, though. we got to obey because God says obedience is better than sacrifice. And so right here he says, I will not be obedient. And so Paul does. He follows Christ. And by doing this, he's able to lead many others to Christ and preach the word of God. And so Paul's telling everyone, verse 20 through 23, it says he saw uh, from Damascus to Jerusalem to Judea. He's telling everyone there is to tell about Christ and about the coming of Christ and about the kingdom of God. He's telling everybody. Everyone needs to hear. And how will the world respond? A lot of times the world will respond in different ways. One way, they might say, they might, you know, be sensitive to it and they might receive it. Another way, be like Festus did. What did Festus do? And Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning to make thee mad. Now Paul was a smart guy. He was very wise. Lots of, lots of study and lots of education. Uh, I don't believe Paul was mad, though, but he thinks he's mad because of all the, th- all the things he studied. He's like, you know what? You've taken too much in. Your mind can't hold it anymore. Your mind's just going away, and you're crazy. This world sees the way we're living. They see the God we serve. They see us coming to church every Sunday, and they're like, what are you guys? You're crazy. What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I know what I'm doing. I'm serving my God. I'm living for my God. I'm living the way he wants me to live. I don't care. Who, I don't care what it takes to live for God. I'm going to do it because he's called me to do this thing. And here's Paul before this king witnessing to him because he knows that this king may never hear anyone ever again talk about Christ. This is Paul's opportunity to tell him about Christ. And here's where my main point comes down to. Uh, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, Paul's response in verse 25. This is how we should be when we witness as people because sometimes the world may respond with a very offensive answer and our flesh wants to kind of come back with something not so nice, uh, but we need to be wise, but also what Paul does here. But he said, I am not mad, most noble fetus. Festus, I'm sorry. He just gave him a compliment. He called him noble. He gave him respect. He could have said something way out of the, way out somewhere else, but no. I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. He's like, listen, I'm not crazy. I know who I serve. I know what I believe in. It's the truth. And I'm very, I'm very bold to say it. So when someone questions you and you're witnessing and they come at you with a harsh response, don't get offended, you know, don't get offended. Try to keep calm. Try to uh, be gentle, meek, lowly, and tell them about Christ. Because if we offend them, 
uh, Proverbs says that a, a, a offended man is, 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 uh, I'm sorry. It's about, um, a offended man, a man is worse than a broken city. No, it's not right. It's not right. If we offend someone, offended brother, thank you, thank you, thank you. If we offend someone, that could be the last chance they could give a cross because they could be so hurt and so broken that they just like, you know what, I give up. I don't want what they have because it's not worth it. So just be be careful how I respond to someone in social media or in, in person because that could be the only chance they have to hear of Christ. Uh, lastly tonight, and this is what I really want to hopefully get across to you guys and really spoke to my heart, was uh, verse 28. Verse 28 says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That almost is a lot of people today. It could be Christians. It could be sinners. As a Christian, it could be, I almost witnessed that person. I almost went to church. I almost prayed for that person. I almost read my Bible. I almost gave my tithe. I almost sang in the choir. I almost testified. I almost gave to missions. I almost uh, gave God my life to serve him. That almost could be one word from separating from you from your where we are now to living for God and letting God use us fully for his, for his will. And if we're a sinner, if you're a sinner, that almost, that small word almost is what separated heaven and hell for Agrippa. Almost. That one word. Why? Many things probably. I can think that Agrippa probably thought, you know what, I have a royal status. I have a throne. I have all these people who are looking, at, looking up at me, who are following me, and have all these treasures. And if I give my heart to Christ and convert to follow him, then that thing, all those things might go away. If you're lost here tonight, or you know someone that's lost, and there are reasons why, you know what, I, I, I can't right now because I have too much stuff going on in my life. I almost could give God my life, but right now I have to just do my own thing, follow with the world, and do what they want me to do because I don't want to offend anyone. Better to offend someone than offend God, you know? So, if that one thing that's keeping us from serving God and giving our whole hearts today is that almost, just put the almost aside. Put the almost aside and just give God your all. Give God your all because he'll bless you for it. He'll bless you for it. And I, I, I don't know anywhere in my Bible it says Agrippa got saved. Um, I don't believe he did. And that's how sad is that? The, the one chance he had to hear from God, Paul's right there telling about him. He says, nope, I'm okay. Rejection. I have people in my life who have the same same kind of idea. Like, you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait until I'm ready. They have sins in their heart. They don't want to give up sin. And it breaks my heart because I love them, you know. I really want them to be saved. I wish the whole entire world could get saved. But there's something fighting against that, and it's all of the devil and their own flesh. And that almost, that small word, that really broke my heart this morning, that almost, man. I just, I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm saved. I, I, I can understand because... um as a, as a kid, I was a rebel. I didn't do things mom and dad wanted me to do a lot of times. And as I think as Taylor this morning said in uh, Sunday school, we're kind of like kids to God. You know, we're, ch- we're children. And a sinner is like a kid. He hears the truth. He hears what he needs to do. But out of rebellion and out of disobedience, he doesn't do it. 
does his own thing. And that almost, man. If you're saved, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Don't let that almost get you from giving God your whole heart, you know. Don't let that almost do it. I gave my heart tonight. I hope it's a blessing. I think that when it comes to serving God, I think we said it a few times last week and two weeks ago, and Brother Carrie this morning. We do, we like to believe that um, we're not going to be held accountable. We all know we are going to be. But I really believe we really took it serious, as Brother Kerry said. And we knew the rapture, like, that, I mean, I, I, I know it in my heart, and I say it every morning I wake up. Brother Kerry, this morning we said, tomorrow morning we wake up, that could be it. That could be the last day. Am I doing well, all I can do to tell others about Christ? Because there's so many people out there that don't know. If it, if it would just break our hearts and really make us serious. Every person we see, you know, say, hey, you know Jesus? Hey, you know Jesus? If they get mad at us, it's okay. Because it's better than them going to hell. Just to take it serious. So, my main, my main point tonight. It's to not let anything hold us back from telling others about Christ and giving Christ our all because he's worth it. Take him serious. Take him serious. Bow your heads tonight, please. We'll, we'll pray. As musician comes to the music tonight, I really appreciate you guys and your patience and the, the message. Uh, I know I probably was a little scattered. I was trying to just give you what's on my heart tonight because I believe that the time is, is near. You know, it's, it's close. And I think that we have friends, we have family, we have loved ones who are, who are lost and going to hell. And if we really got serious and really told them about Christ and did what God, what God called us to do, I think we can make a difference, an impact. Tell others, anyone you meet, anyone we come across in the stores, in the gas station, pumping gas, nursing home, assisted livings, our job site. Tomorrow could be the day. Tomorrow could be the day that God comes back. I, I mean, I praise the Lord. I'm happy. I'm ready for it, you know. But I have friends and I have loved ones who are not ready. I pray we take it serious. Lord, I thank you for the night, God. I thank you for this chance to stand here to preach your word. Lord, I pray that the message was across, that your word was heard, Lord. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the desire and the burden that I have. I pray, Lord, that we don't let the almost get in the way of serving you. And most of all, pray that we don't let the almost get in the way of being saved. Lord, if someone's here and they're not saved, Lord, don't let them, don't let them leave here not saved. Speak to them. Call their name out to them. Call their name out, God.
may they not say almost, but may they give their heart to you. Because today, today is the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow, God. We know this. Father, thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for your love and for your grace. Bless now this invitation. May it magnify the Son of God. We ask all these things. Every head bowed, every eye closed.